0: Oki Investigations now has its own website, it's truecrime.blog, and it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. Hello and welcome everyone to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. I'm an Oklahoman who loves to investigate crimes that's happened in my state and also across the United States. I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and a love for true crime. The stories that are featured on this show are true stories. The narrative of each story comes from the extensive research through police reports, trial notes, appeals, personal accounts, news reports, and much, much more. Opinions in this show should be taken as such. For more information on each story, join us on our Facebook page, Oki Investigations. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion... Is advised. Today we are starting a new limited series where we discuss true crimes depicted in the book Celebrated Criminal Cases of America by Thomas Duke. This will not replace our regular show, it will be released as bonus episodes along with the main show. With that said, Celebrated Criminal Cases of America is a book in the public domain and is widely thought upon as one of the first true crime storybooks to be published in the US. Now here's the fun part, well for me at least. I'm gonna do what I can to research these cases. They range from the mid 1800s to early 1900s, and we will see what I can find out. Did these cases happen as they were told? What was left out of the story? I'm eager to find out. First, the story. From Celebrated Criminal Cases of America by Thomas Duke, here is The Murder of George Hill for a Worthless Cluster of Imitation Diamonds In 1865, there resided in San Francisco a young man named George Hill, who had inherited a comfortable fortune, for which he had almost entirely dissipated in the gambling games he was a flashy dresser and constantly wore a scarf pin said to contain a cluster of diamonds valued at fifteen hundred dollars hill had a room in the mansion house on dew point near sacramento street and on february 15th 1865 he disappeared being of a somewhat wild and roving disposition, no significance was attached to this, either by his landlady or associates. Some weeks after his disappearance, a gardener named Mr. McGlowan was walking through the sand out near his home in San Suci Valley, which is now better designated as the vicinity of Fulton and Baker Streets. A dog he had with him began pulling and tugging at a piece of hay rope, which appeared to be securely fastened to something buried underneath the sand. Curiosity prompted Mr. McGloan to investigate, and to his horror he found that the rope was tied around a badly decomposed body of a man. He immediately informed the police of his discovery, and the body was brought into town for identification. There was a hole in the side of the head made by some blunt instrument, which had evidently caused his death. All valuables had been removed from the body. Owing to the advanced state of decomposition, it was very difficult to identify the body, and the authorities were about to bury the remains when a newspaper reporter who knew Hill well identified the body. The police proceeded to Hill's room, and the landlady stated that the day after his disappearance, a young man whom she described accurately had come to her house and stated that Hill was about to go to Contra Costa County to procure some money, but that he had been met with an accident. The stranger produced a shirt which had some blood on it, and stated that Hill had instructed him to exchange it for a clean one. He was admitted into Hill's room, and after putting the bloody shirt in a trunk and removing some other articles, he departed, but returned shortly afterward to regain possession of the shirt. The landlady's suspicions became aroused after she refused to admit him into Hill's room. One of the officers who heard the landlady describe this man recalled that a man then in custody on a charge of forgery answered that description perfectly. Upon being brought before the landlady, he was positively identified as the man she referred to, and it was learned that his name was Thomas Byron's a butcher by trade, and the son of a keeper of a roadhouse near Calvary Cemetery. Mr. McGlowan, who discovered Hill's body, was a warm friend of the family of the murderer. It was ascertained that on the evening of February 15, 1865, Hill procured a two-horse buggy from Wright and Roden's livery stable on Kearney Street near Pine and, in company with Byron's, started for the cliff house. About midnight, the horses returned alone to the stable, causing the stable keeper to conclude that there had been a runaway and that the horses had broken away from the vehicle. After a while, Byron's came in and stated that they had met with an accident and that his partner, being injured, had sent him for another team. Before starting away with his second rig, Byron's asked for a shovel stating that he wanted to dig the wheels of the other buggy out of the sand. It was observed by the stableman that Byron's threw a piece of hay rope into the buggy. When Hill and Byron's started the first time, Byron's insisted on taking a monkey wrench along, stating that it might be needed. When they arrived at the spot where the body was found, Byron's crushed Hill's skull with the monkey wrench, the end of which fitted into the wound perfectly. He then cut the harness and scared the horses away to make it appear that Hill met his death in a runaway accident. He reconsidered, however, and decided that the runaway would not account for the loss of Hill's property. So the idea of burying the body came to his mind. The rope was used to drag it into the sand, and of course, the shovel was used to dig the grave. It was afterwards learned that Byron's attempted to pawn Hill's jewelry and was greatly chagrined to learn that the diamonds, which he thought were worth nearly $2,000, were in reality worth less than $3. Byron's was found guilty of murder and after a futile appeal to the Supreme Court was executed on September third, eighteen 1866. From this original story, I was able to find a pretty similar story, but there are several things that were left out. First of all, George Hill was actually Charles T. Hill. Not sure why the name was changed. Perhaps George was a nickname. Also, the case was far from an easy win. This case was almost purely circumstantial. There were no witnesses to a crime here. Yes, there were witnesses to what Byron's movements were before and after the murder. But for the crime itself, no one saw it happen. If you read the newspapers of the time, it's a really interesting take. You can tell from how it's written, they are just not sure how this will all play out. Several times they mention how circumstantial this case is and just report the facts of the case. The other thing that I noticed was that in the book, the diamonds were supposed to be worth about $1,500. Then later on, it was said nearly $2,000 but it was reported at the time that they were actually thought to be worth around $500. Now, there is a level of error here that could account for this. Uh, The reports at the time could have been wrong. It could be a he said, she said kind of situation, or Thomas Duke could have been quoting an inflated price since the story was written years after the murder, or he could have inflated their worth to make it more interesting. I don't know I just thought it was worth mentioning the trial itself was really interesting as well Uh, Byron's was seemed sure that he was going to be found innocent he was laid back during the trial and he seemed fine with the proceedings as they happened Uh, this probably didn't help his case at all overall this was written as it happened from what I can tell Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. We will have several more of these come out in the future. If you would like to see what's coming up in future episodes or would like to join in on the fun, join us on our Facebook page under Oki Investigations. If you haven't already, please subscribe so that when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. I'll see you guys next time. See ya.